Welcome to Rethink Retail, the show where we dive into the stories and strategies behind some of the most successful brands on the planet. From brick and mortar giants to e-commerce disruptors, we uncover the secrets to their success and deliver the keys to true retail transformation. So ask yourself, are you ready to rethink retail? The future of retail starts now. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Rethink Retail podcast. I'm your host, Gabriella Bach, back on the airwaves. And today I'm speaking with my guest, Kieran Powell. Kieran is the Executive Vice President at Channel B Media, a communication strategy and PR firm that specializes in building market momentum for companies ranging from Fortune 500 industry leaders to emerging venture-backed innovators. CBM builds awareness for companies and their products, develops C-suite leaders into industry visionaries, positions clients to be among the most vocal in high-value conversations, and drives inbound leads. Kieran, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And I am super excited to have you on the show today to talk about the media, because as I'm sure you and everyone listening is well aware, the media has just experienced profound changes in recent years. And there's just been huge shifts in the overall nature of media consumption. And, and everybody's feeling this. Retailers are feeling this. And a lot of the tech vendors that we're working with have certainly felt these shifts. So I can't wait to chat with you about this and, and really pick your brain on the complexity of today's media market and get some best practices for how tech companies today can successfully navigate these new waters and capture the attention of journalists and the media gatekeepers. But before we dive in, I would love to just have you kick us off by laying out some of those stepstones that paved your way to your current role at Channel V Media. Sure. It was an interesting journey. I actually trained as an accountant, which kind of throws most people off. So I worked at Ernst & Young, Merrill Lynch, PwC, and I ran a reinsurance company in Bermuda. And it was during that time where I actually started investing in technology companies. A lot of my friends on the island were doing it, and it seemed like kind of fun, interesting. And it was one of the tech companies that I invested in, Talent Sky. They were doing a funding round and I asked the CEO how I could help. And he said, well, I'm raising another 10 million. Can you help me with that? And I said, sure. I didn't even know what PR was at, at that stage, but I organized a funding roadshow for him and I raised him 1.2 million in a week. And in advance yeah. of the roadshow, I got him in big publications, national radio spots. And uh, one of the VCs at the roadshow said it was the best PR they'd ever seen. And I said, I don't what is PR? Um, <laughs> he thought it was really funny and then started referring me his portfolio companies. So I just kept on getting referred more and more business and ended up doing PR and marketing full time. Yeah, I find your story really interesting. We all hear of like the jaded journalists who finally make the jump to PR after years in the industry. But from accounting to PR is a pretty non-traditional leap. 
I would say. And I always love hearing about people who just kind of like fall into an entirely different career path than maybe what they had originally intended. So thank you for sharing that with us. And I find your role at Channel V so interesting because you guys are a PR firm, but your client base is very niche. So you're working with the retail solution providers and, you know, working with them pretty intensely to help them kind of overcome some of the challenges when it comes to getting their name out there in front of the public. So from your mind's eye, Kieran, what are some of the big challenges that retail solution providers are facing today when it comes to marketing their solutions to the media? There's a ton of challenges. One is the amount of startups and competition in the market. If they have an effective solution, unless it's patented, once they launch their solution, there's, you know, maybe 20 similar solutions to them the next year. So we're seeing that in social commerce right now. You know, with Gen Z being like highly into kind of video and live streaming, there's a lot of retail tech companies that are helping retailers do social commerce. And, you know, two years ago, if you went to the NRF, might have seen, you know, a handful of social commerce companies. This year, I think we're going to see a lot more. At Shop Talk, I mean, there was a startup competition and there was literally out of 12 startups, five of them were social commerce platforms. So if there's appetite for a retail technology company's product, that just causes even more competition. And then what's difficult is all the competitors also sound the same. So it's hard for a company to really stand out if their competitors sound and look exactly the same as them. You know, a lot of the tech companies use HubSpot or Marketo and their sites are built on HubSpot. They look and feel very similar. They use all the same wording, but all these companies are trying to compete for the same budget and sounding the same. And that's that's a problem. You, you really brought up some great points here. Just like you said, the sheer number of startups out there and new startups emerging to the market constantly, it's just absolutely astronomical. You made a really great point about just all these companies just sounding the same. Like we did an event earlier this month where we spoke to several data management and data insights companies, and they all sort of had the same exact pitch, right? Like if you put their pitches side by side, I couldn't tell one from the next. And they all just sort of like melded together in this like mishmash of of sameness. So really great points there. Kind of shifting gears in a little bit, I wanted to hear from you about, you know, from your mind's eye, like what tech companies or just types of solutions in general are just like really crushing it with the media right now? That's a great question. And normally the types of solutions that are like crushing it on the media are really consumer facing solutions. So for example, I don't know if you remember like a few years ago, there was a robot going around the NRF and like people were uh-huh. loving that. And it doesn't, necessarily just because something is media friendly it doesn't always translate into it's going to be a huge commercial 
uh, mm-hmm. success. So another example, a company that you will see all the time in the media is Boom Supersonic. And they are promising a supersonic passenger plane similar to Concorde. I don't know where they are in that journey, but they haven't got one up and running yet, but they're just always in the media. So I think like a real challenge for tech companies in the retail tech space is they see all these companies in TechCrunch and the New York Times and Wall Street Journal, and they want to be them. They want to be the consumer facing company and getting like a ton of media attention. But it's like, how do you turn the invisible B2B tech company into the visible? Uh And that's what we do. I can give you an example of that. So the way we get retail technology companies into the media is we have to use the retailers as that example, that customer facing example. So with our client Blue Corp, we worked with them to tell their story and we got them in publications like HBR, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. And the way you do that is by using the consumer element or their customers to tell the story. So for HBR, we leveraged Blue Corp's client Vineyard Vines to tell their company's story about how they were using BlueCore's solution. The same with the New York Times, we used Express and told a story about how Express was delighting their customers through the use of BlueCore. So the companies that are really crushing it in the media are focusing on telling their customers' stories and telling their company's story in an accessible way. So one thing that we always like to say is that our clients sell products, we sell stories. And the like real success is when you find the intersection of what the media wants to write about, what the company's product does, and find a story that links the two of them. Yeah, you know, I think you've expressed that beautifully. Technology, like you said, the the stuff that gets the most media attention is like kind of whatever the next shiny new toy is. And a lot of the times tech isn't actually alleviating any customer pain points. It just, you know, it's shiny, it's attractive, it looks good and it gets some buzz. You know, it's it's not really the kind of the back end solutions or the workforce solutions that's getting a lot of the attention. And then another aspect to consider is that like technology, media is also moving faster than ever before. Attention spans are shrinking. So just to follow up on your point that it's it's really critical that the story that is being put before audiences is actually compelling enough to sort of move them into some sort of action. You know, otherwise it will just become yesterday's news. So all really great points there, Kieran. I'd like to switch gears a little bit now and talk about trade events. So, you know, we at Rethink Retail, we're hitting up all the major retail conferences and events. I know you guys are at them a lot too. Speaking just specifically on these trade events, because there's a lot of opportunity for media coverage, visibility, and ROI from from these events. But I think that there's a lot of of tech companies out there that aren't really harnessing the full potentiality that 
that these events have to offer. So what's your take on that? And what do you think are some of the common mistakes that tech companies are making when preparing for these huge trade events, you know, like the NRF, like Shop Talk? Well, first of all, you know, there's a lot of vendors that come to the shows and just show up. They've booked a trade show booth and that's all they do. For trade shows like the NRF and Shop Talk, it's just too crowded a place. You know, there's 35,000 attendees at the NRF and just showing up isn't enough. So in advance of going to the NRF, companies need to be booking meetings with retailers and brands, you know, anywhere depending on the market for your solution, you should have anywhere between 10 and 30 meetings pre-booked before you even get to the show. You should have sit-down meetings with journalists organized in advance of the show. You should have meetings with analysts pre-booked before you go to the show. And then when you actually get to the show, it's all about taking meetings rather than just standing around at the booth watching everyone else doing meetings. The larger booths, they get a lot of traffic because they have meetings, because they have huge teams going out and pre-booking meetings. So if you're exhibiting at a show, you need to be prepared and you need to have some method to book meetings in advance with brands, retailers, analysts, and the media in order to maximize that ROI. Because when they get to the NRF, companies have already spent anywhere between 20000 and, you know, over $100,000 on their booth, their time, their hotels, travel. So that's the base cost of a trade show. And there's other competing priorities for companies. You know, the NRF is just one small part of their calendar. So the way I look at it is you really need somebody focusing, whether it's internally or hiring, you know, an external organization to focus on just the NRF to make your investment actually give you an ROI. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you expressed how critical it is for tech companies, for these exhibitors to be booking dozens of meetings before the show with the media, with the retailers, the influencers, which I'd like to, from the media angle, really double down on because when I'm at the NRF, I see so many vendors standing at their booths and I'll be walking by with our camera crew team and like they'll see my media badge and they'll kind of reach out and ask me to stop and chat. But like, my day is booked. Every 15 minutes of my day is scheduled from the moment the expo opens to the moment it closes. So I always have to say like, I'm sorry, I'm probably behind schedule. Like I'm rushing somewhere next. I can't stop. So definitely great points there. And you also express how critical it was to not wait until the last minute to engage the media, which it, it seems like it happens all of the time just based off of you know, all of the last minute press pitches that we get. So Karen, how soon would you say that tech companies should be planning their awareness campaigns and, and booking out those meetings? Yeah, that's a great question. From a sales perspective, you know, companies need to start at the very latest Q3. You know, the high value targets on the NRF are 
going to get booked out pretty quick. From a media perspective, there's two, two ways of getting media's attention. Either you're a really big brand, let's say Argyle, Google, or a known retailer. It's much easier to line up meetings, you know, when you're a known quantity. But if you're not a known quantity, you need to be very well prepared. You need to have your messaging positioning down. You need to know the altitude at which the media want to be spoken at or your potential buyers want to be spoken to. Many people don't realize that a trade show is a marketplace. And what companies need to remember is that they're not the only ones looking to get on retailers' radars. There's analysts there, there's media, there's old friends. And a lot of things happen at the NRF, you know, job interviews, all sorts of things. So it becomes an extremely crowded place. And the question is, how are you going to break through? If you have no plan, that's worrying. If you have a somewhat of a plan, but no one to execute it, that's at least you have a plan. But if you are facing kind of you've spent, you know, 20, 30, 40 thousand dollars and you don't have a concrete plan on how you're going to book meetings with retailers, brands and the media and analysts you're going to have a problem. That problem represents just a loss of potential ROI. And there's some huge success stories at the NRF, you know, and trade shows in general. Brands have been launched at trade shows. So it's important to get on journalists and analysts' radar way in advance of the NRF. You know, if you're going out to the media and promoting your company and it's the first time the media have ever heard of your company, then you either need, you know, a really compelling pitch or it would be helpful if the media have heard of you before. The other thing that I forgot to mention was that the sheer amount of people at the NRF, some companies that are betting on booking a booth and exhibiting at a booth and relying on passing traffic at the show. It's a losing strategy because you may only be targeting, you know, potentially 200 people out of those 35,000. So it's much better to kind of have some sort of awareness plan or outreach to those people in advance of the show. So you're on their radar. So when they do walk past, you know, they remember you. And that's, you know, whether it be media or analysts, brands or retailers, they all need to have heard of you before the show. So they know why they should book a meeting. Ideally, you get meetings booked before the show. But if you can't, then you need to make sure that your target buyers know who you are in advance of the show so you can capitalize on that when they're walking around, you know, with 950 other booths or exhibitors. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, well, for just thinking about the retailers themselves, right? Like a lot of them, they're going on the expo floor just to book it to those pre-booked meetings. And if they are walking around, a lot of times they'll like turn their badges around. So you won't even know 
who the retailers are, which is like why it's so important to begin, you know, that outreach and getting on people's radars quick because you can't just like reach out and grab somebody just because you see they're a retailer and then just start pitching to them because they don't really want you to know who they are. So you have to come to them first, be put on their radar first and have them come to you. Yeah, that's a great point. And often, you know, when you think about a retailer and especially the NRF, it's not always the decision makers for your product that you'll meet. So, for example, mm -hmm. if you are a marketing technology company, you may meet a senior marketer, but mm -hmm. the VP is probably the person that you need to speak to. So what PR does is creates awareness for companies at a VP and above level, because they're normally the ones that are reading the trade publications. So even if you can't get the VP of say Walmart at a trade show, if you get press coverage coming out of a trade show, you can still get on their radar. So mm -hmm. what, you know, PR, paid media, social media, it's almost like having an insurance policy for having a successful trade show. That was clever, an insurance policy for a trade show. Um, you know, taking it back to that past life in finance, love it. And then you also said that a trade show is a marketplace, which I think really captures the opportunity perfectly. You've stressed that starting early is critical, which is just absolutely on the mark. I can tell you as a member of the media myself, I get hundreds of emails from tech companies leading up to the event, sometimes hundreds a day. And it's like, honestly, a super rare occasion that one of those emails will actually stand out. So do you have any tips then for how vendors can really pique the interest of the media as they began to prepare for big trade show events? Sure, that's a really good point. And it's something that technology vendors or in-house teams get wrong all the time. They focus way too much on their product instead of the story. So technology companies sell products, but PR agency, we sell stories. And it's those stories that the media write about. So it's super important when pitching the media that you bring it back to something relevant to them. So a great example of getting that intersection between the news cycle and a company's product is our work with Everseen. So it was 2016 and Amazon had just come out with Amazon Go and we were preparing for the NRF trade show and we we're working with Everseen and we were trying to figure out, you know, where does Everseen fit in to this conversation? And Everseen's product at the time was very much focused on loss prevention and non-scan detection using computer vision and AI to stop people from either making errors at the point of sale or to stop shrinkage from occurring. Mm -hmm. So what we did, given the Amazon Go news, is we went out with a pitch for the NRF, which was very news-friendly which was ever seen in 90 days is going to introduce an alternative to Amazon Go for retailers. And it was crazy. The amount of 
replies that we got from the media. You know, we had 24 sit down meetings at the show. I actually nearly passed out at the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be at NRF if, if you don't nearly pass out, I would say. So we were at the show. We had a very small booth and we had 24 meetings with journalists. So we met with Christina Gustafsson from CNBC. We met through Laura Stevens from the Wall Street Journal. Richard Kestenbaum from Forbes. We met with Chainlink Research, CNET. It was crazy. There was a line of journalists at this tiny one-person booth. And wow. the results were insane. So the day after the show, the CNBC article hit, the CNET article, we had multiple retail trade publications publish their articles mm. and ever seen went in one day from being a company that had never exhibited at the nrf to being the most talked about company at the nrf so from a messaging and positioning standpoint that puts ever seen in the media's eyes and their potential buyers eyes as, as being much larger and having the credibility. And it was just amazing to see, you know, the company went from 18 or 20 people in 2016, and now they have hundreds of people uh, working wow. all over the world and servicing, I think, you know, over half of the largest retailers in the world. You know, PR delivers like a number of things, outcomes, things like press releases and sit downs with journalists, but the value that PR generates is different. So the value that Everseen got from being at the NRF and doing 24 meetings with journalists was a huge increase in visibility. One thing that happened at one of the 24 meetings that we had was we met with CNET, which is one of the largest technology publications in the world. Yeah. And they wrote about Everseen and how Amazon had inspired an oh shit moment. So where that came from was that we were speaking to the journalists and we were like, oh yeah, well, retailers had like this oh shit moment from Amazon Go. And it's just like, yeah, we got to do something now. So, you know, when you get an article like that, you get on people's radars. So directly after the NRF, Everseen closed a 12 million euro funding round. Wow. And um, I'm not going to say that all of it was because of the press that they got at the NRF, but these sort of things help. You know, mm -hmm. having your name in major publications and awareness in the United States helps raise funds. Yeah, absolutely. You know, stories are definitely powerful tools for shaping perceptions. And a well-told story really kind of creates those memorable narratives the media, the brands, digital buyers can actually relate to taking it back to some of the points we made earlier, you know, it's 
helps break down complex information into actual digestible and engaging content. True, actual good storytelling, that is. Some of it not so much, but when it's done right, you know, you'll actually create something that truly does resonate with your target audiences. And it sounds like by working in advance to really craft those narratives, sit down and schedule all of those pre-show meetings so that you have a fully planned out agenda. You really shouldn't have any downtime at these trade shows when done right. Karen, are there any other tips and tricks you'd like to share with us today? Other tricks? Um, it's only a funny one, but, you know, um, things have changed. You know, people are not wearing uncomfortable shoes. So you'll see everyone walking around the show in sneakers. That's important if you want to last three days. Yeah. We have <laughs> our own Rethink branded Nikes. They're Rethink colors. The whole team wears them. And it's it's awesome because people will see us from like across the hall and be like, oh, that's the black and yellow and uh, white shoe. That's got to be the Rethink team. And they'll come up to me as like, yeah, you guys' kicks are great. So it's it's a lot of fun to like do with the team. But then also, you know, if it's it's branded right, you can be kind of identifiable across the room. Yeah. So when I think about a few other tips, you know, it's it's similar to what you guys have been doing. Um, you know, it doesn't cost a lot to do little things like that and doing events outside of the show or, you know, sponsoring billboards near the NRF show or wrapping a taxi in your company's branding and doing shuttles from various hotels to the show. You know, there's like lots of innovative ways or, you know, giving out something free, like giving away free swag. That's always a crowd pleaser. Yeah. And I mean, if all else fails, like if you start giving out espresso martinis at the booth at like 3.30, you're golden. You'll have a huge crowd around you. So, you know, if, if nothing else, at least start handing out those espresso martinis in the afternoon and you'll get some people to stop by. I'll stop by. So you've, you've got one person who will come by. So Kieran... Thank you so much. I absolutely agree with everything you've said and appreciate the perspective you brought to today's show. I also think now might be a great time to reveal to our listeners. Should we tell them? Yeah, I think, sure. I think I think we should tell them. So Rethink Retail and Channel View Media have teamed up to offer a brand new product for tech vendors wanting to make the most out of their trade show presence. So Retail's Awareness Accelerator is a comprehensive PR and custom media package for your tech company to leverage for all of your big events, starting with the NRF 2024. You can visit the link in the description of this podcast or contact myself or Kieran directly if you'd like to learn more about how you can amplify your brand's voice before, during, and after Retail's biggest trade events. So be on the lookout for that. We're looking forward to working with many of you as we all kick off our preparation for NRF 2024. I know it seems like it's a far ways away, but we're already starting our planning process and you should too. 
Kieran, thank you so much for joining the show today. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much, Gabriella. It was great being on your show today. Really looking forward to our work together and also looking forward to the show. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.